movie time Digging through the crates of the throwbacks Could I get away with that today? We don't know yet Sit back while Diane and Jess examine this hot mess Cause it can be no classic unless it passes the smell test You smell that? Hello and welcome to the Smell Test Podcast, the weekly podcast where we review beloved movies, maybe, <laughs> from our past to see whether as of today, uh, what are we in, February 2024, day of the Super Bowl, still hold up culturally, ethically, humorously, and through our own personal gut checks. We conclude each episode by judging whether or not the film we've just watched passes the smell test. Before we get started, a few disclaimers. This podcast solely represents the opinion of the podcasters and is meant for entertainment purposes. That is to say, uh, we're going to talk shit on some stuff today. <laughs> Maybe I don't really know all of Stephen Baldwin's stuff, except for the fact that he's kind of a dickhead. <laughs> but... but for this uh, purposes today... Um, Again, it's only meant for entertainment purposes. The other part is that uh, this will have spoilers. So if you have not watched Biodome, uh, the classic, classic film, uh, then uh, you will be spoiled on today's conversation. It's so, for free. It's on freebie. So if you want to watch it, it's on freebie. It's on freebie. You can yeah. watch it with commercials. A lot of Kevin Hart commercials, turns out. I did, did you not, not get those? those. I, got the, I got the... Um, the gambling, like the game day gambling commercials with Kevin Hart. I don't remember what the organization is. Is it, is it like effective. Ant, like gambling awareness? Addiction? No, 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 no. It it's like how to like gamble. engage in winning games and Super Bowls by like getting into this online betting. Wow. But it so wasn't a great commercial because <laughs> I saw it 17 times and I don't remember the name of the product. But Your region must love the gamble. I can't I'm remember sure what mine was. Well, you know, I think it's because I'm in Maryland. We lost. So, oh, so, so they want, you to so they want us to it. like get something out of the outcome. Anyway, I'm Jess Homer and I am an attorney and uh, I teach uh, business ethics and uh, uh, disability law. And I am an employment lawyer. And I'm 42. <laughs> and so probably right around all just a couple years shy of all the people in this as they were college students. So I would have been 14-ish, 15-ish when this came out. How about you, Diane? Um, I hi, I'm Diane. Uh I also teach and uh <laughs> that might that might come up today. I uh I teach a few different things. I study ethics, I study equity. Um I study how people work in organizations. I've dabbled in looking at societies. I don't know. But um, I was, I'm 37 and I was nine when this came out. I think I watched it when I was like 10. I don't actually, so I don't remember if I watched this whole movie. I think I did, but it's not sticking. So Diane said to me, Hey, I got two suggestions for free movies on Prime right now. And she said this. What's the other one you said? Um, Cable Guy. Cable Guy. And I was like, well, do we want to talk about the environment and getting forced into structures? Or do we want to talk about angry men? I don't know. <laughs> but that's all I remember. But then I remembered I thought this was Encino Man. Because all, I guess I think all Pauly Shore movies are the same. So kind of are, right? <laughs> My confusion. All right. So before we get into the movie itself, it is Super Bowl Sunday. You got any favorites? Excited about the game? You gonna watch it? Um, I might glance at it. I I always enjoy a good Super Bowl commercial, but I feel like in recent years, like you can just flip through Twitter and you see all of them, right? Um, I'm more of a snack oriented person. Now, do oh, I yeah. like the Super Bowl? absolutely and here's why uh i'm a february birthday girl so some mm -hmm. years the super bowl falls on my birthday weekend or even exactly on my birthday so it's always been kind of a special time of the year for me because of that um and i feel like you and i as people who are more culinary oriented and we like to cook we like to make things we like to make a spread it's like one of our times to shine yeah for sure for sure. We already. So I went through what I've made today. Well, the public doesn't know. I've made dill pickle dip, which is delicious because I've already had some because Super Bowl is a day long party. I've made French onion dip from scratch. 
And then I'm making buffalo dip and I'm making some other stuff. What are you making today? Are you making food? Yeah, I'm also making some buffalo chicken dip. Um, I also, I bought a lot of things because I don't really feel super into <laughs> making stuff today, which I just like had a whole talk about, well, we do these things. But, um, you know, I got some spinach artichoke dip. Something I've really been into lately, which is not good, is, you know, that canned nacho cheese? Mm, yeah. I love it. And Pace makes like a can. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'm going to basically make like it costs like $12 at the movie theater to make that. So I'm going to yeah. enjoy that. It's, you know, us chubby girls. It's a nice time to enjoy some food. You know what um, I'm really excited about? You know what I'm about to make? I bought Fruity Pebbles for some Rice Krispie treats today. I did not know Fruity Pebbles were gluten free. And when I saw that sticker, I was so fucking excited. Oh yeah, yeah. And last last week you made um cocoa pebbles. Cocoa so, crispies, yeah. Cocoa crispies. Oh yeah. yeah. So cocoa pebbles are also gluten free. Yeah. Um, but oh, I'm gonna make so there's like this TikTok thing that's going viral where like you make these like waffled potatoes mm-hmm. by like um cutting them up. And I tried to make some last night and I'm actually don't have the patience to cut them the way that they need to be cut because you're supposed to peel them and then cut them into rectangles and then do really thin slices. And I'm very lazy. So I think I want to do like a nice little Hasselbeck potato though. Okay. All right. Look at that. I like it. <laughs> um. So there's only two of us in my house. So I don't know what I'm going to do with all this food. I guess that this is what we're going to eat all week. Yeah, exactly. Like I didn't invite anyone dinner. over. It's dinner. <laughs> yeah. It's dinner. It's tomorrow's lunch. You know something about the Super Bowl? I used to say, um, like, a few years ago, like, okay, a while ago, for a long time, I would complain to people that the Super Bowl used to start much earlier and how ridiculous it was that they pushed back the time. And then just, like, a few years ago, and I mean, like, maybe five years ago, I figured out it was because I was growing up in California and oh, then I was on the East Coast. Early. And so it was three hours. I was three yeah. hours behind. So my Super Bowl experiences were always like Super Bowl starting at like 2 or 3 p.m. Yeah. And, you know, you have the rest of your evening, but for way too long, like an embarrassing amount of time. <laughs> I was like, Ugh, they they don't do it like they used to. No, they <laughs> you, exactly. became, you became a 60-year-old white dude. Like I, oh, I'm oh, pretty sure I noticed I it when harassing people who work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I actually noticed when I was in Portland and I was like, oh. Oh, Demi. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. That's so funny. Well, and the Super Bowl is really important to me because this is when I met my husband's family. Like we were really good friends for a long time. Well, not a long time. The first year of law school feels like a a millennia. But the first year and a half of law school, we were just friends. And then we started dating and he's like, oh, and he was over my house and we were we were studying. We were at like a coffee shop studying for law school. Basic. That's all you ever do. And um. And he's like, we got to go see my family for a little while. And when I, I did not realize I was walking into the whole fucking family. It wasn't just like, it was sisters, their kids, their kids, kids, cousins, all those things. It was so overwhelming. And I was like, (laughs) holy shit. And so there was a five-year-old there and I said, do you know how to play go fish? And she goes, no. And I go, you guys got some cards. I'm going to play go fish with a five-year-old. And that's like all I did. Most of the night, it was just like <laughs> the whole place was full of weed. It was everyone was drinking. And I was like, I thought we were like brushing by for five seconds. And it was an event. And then when I left, <laughs> his niece, Kiera, who she's just so funny. She goes, I saw something I never thought I'd see today. <laughs> Uncle Eric brought home a girl. Aww. <laughs> and so, um. I guess they knew we were serious before I knew we were serious, but I have been telling him I was going to marry him since before we got together. So, so this feels like, this is like, I'm not very good at anniversaries. Like I, you know how, do you know your dating anniversary? 
Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I would never know that. But the Super Bowl was the time I met his family. And that's like the time I marked this as like our real. So I guess Which in some ways is like nicer, in my opinion, uh, than like a wedding anniversary, because mm-hmm. it it's kind of a reminder of the time when you like fell in love versus the date we arbitrarily picked to do some legal documents (laughs) yeah so we have um so this is 10 years today is our 10 year 10 years 10 year anniversary with eric's family wow yeah that's a big one yeah yeah so congrats yeah thanks but today's talk of the super bowl will be taylor swift the whole time which will bring on haters and lovers all together Mm -hmm. and so i text you this this weekend because I was watching the Tracy, we'll eventually get to the movie, but let's talk about the real stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking about Tracy Chapman. Um, I saw her Fast Cars Grammy performance. I don't normally watch like Grammys and stuff like that, but I wanted to watch that duet she did. And it was just so fun to watch like Taylor Swift, like just being such a fan of them. And I just Mm -hmm. don't get. So I text you, I text my sister, like I don't get the hate she gets. And uh, my conversation with you was very different than my conversation with my sister because my sister is very angry at Taylor Swift's environmental disasters. And like, I guess she took a jet for 28 minutes, for 28 miles. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm chronically online because I actually, I know, I know that that, plane was actually sold so it wasn't even her who made that flight oh okay okay look at that and that it's actually if you're listening kelly uh (laughs) it was it was apparently uh she had sold that particular plane already i'm not saying anything she does with you know which i guess will segue us into um environmentalism and stuff but apparently good she segue. sold it and then they were saying that's actually more likely to be a demo flight for someone who's thinking about purchasing it or um, a flight to make sure everything's okay, like a maintenance flight. Mm-hmm. And that it was very, it's very unlikely that it was her. Okay. Well. How? But in general, she, she, I think she just like sued someone who's tracking her flight of <laughs> plane images no she didn't sue them she wrote a cease and desist letter that's really Uh, important see there's your expert yeah well i looked it up because i was like well because well part of the thing is like people are so obsessed with her right and we know unfortunately now we're talking about her on our podcast what yeah (laughs) and i honestly could name like six songs maybe but i I just feel like you know one of the things is that she has some even in her celebrity has some crazy regular experiences like being stalked uh which we've talked about several times on this podcast so like i know all the information is public but if someone tracks where she is at every moment and she already has a verified stalker that's not great right fair that's super fair well the thing is it's it kind of makes me wonder like who else probably has emissions like that like i may get hate for this but i remember a story about how beyonce flew to new orleans to eat at mother's uh which is a restaurant in new orleans which is an excellent restaurant and everyone was like lol she's so real for that but how come she didn't get that oh look at all this these emissions she's doing to go get a ham sandwich you know so yeah well, I guess that this kid, that's what he does for everyone. And it's just Taylor Swift's just one of those people. Is the one that people focus on? Yeah, probably. But anyway, this is my thing. Y'all, I know what teams Jack Nicholson likes because they show him when he's at games. And I know that Adam Sandler Likely. goes to Nick's games. Uh-huh. And I know, you know what I mean? Like, they always show celebrities. So shut the fuck up about Taylor Swift being on screen because they always show what celebrities are at the Super Bowl. So get over it and like let her live her life and don't buy her albums if you don't like her. That's my PSA. I, Great. you know, I, I, yeah, I, that was brave. Stand up. For- <laughs> Standing up for someone that I don't actually care about. 
Yeah, I, I, I like her, but um, I'm just saying that I just I feel like we're just now jumping on the band, like you know, there's people's people anger is just so crazy. Anyway, okay, it's, yeah. it's wild, but it is funny because like even Cetaphil, like the lotion company, did yeah. a Taylor Swift theme commercial. So it's like fascinating, just from a pop culture, like you know, since yeah. I. I'm really into pop culture in general. From a cult, pop culture perspective, it's fascinating how much she is infused into just so many conversations mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Like yeah. just so many different and just so many genres. And like, it's, it's really, yeah. I see people who don't give a shit about anything posting about Taylor Swift and like either supportive or, you know, I don't see many people who are that annoyed with her on my page, but um, it's just really interesting because no matter what, like she's, she's in the pop culture discourse. She's in the zeitgeist all the time. Yeah. Uh, I was so at a yoga. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was at a yoga class the other day and um, someone said like after the yoga class, it wasn't mine, but I was at someone else's and someone said, I'm so fucking sick of her. Like at the end of a yoga class. And I'm like, how are you so mad after you don't after do yoga? You know. bit. <laughs> yeah, anyway, funny. but I did think uh, anyway. Uh, let's so just I'll tell thing. you, um, I don't remember this. I don't. I can't say that I really understood the environmentalism themes in this film when I first no. watched it. Like, I think I for a little bit, so. maybe. Yeah. Uh, I definitely grew up thinking it was more like a utopian thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's what was in my brain, too, because I thought we were going to be able to talk about, like, people kind of running our systems for us and mm -hmm. us not participating. That's not yeah. what it's about at all. It's about the environment. Yeah, which I thought I never really noticed. Um, so I can't remember when I watched this. Uh, definitely probably didn't watch it when it was new. I feel like it was one of those things that everyone was talking about that it just became like a maybe a movie. Do you ever have that with movies where you're like, oh, I don't know. I was so young then that I was like, I already love it. I haven't even seen it yet, but I already love it. You know what movie that I had like that? Is Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, I didn't watch it right away. And like my sister, I remember her. She's kind of shy, and she was working at a um at a baseball stadium, and she knew the whole dance from Napoleon Dynamite. And they used to play it, and she was doing it on the stairs. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" And so I knew all the jokes of Napoleon Dynamite before I watched the movie. So the first time I watched it, it was such a letdown because I knew all the parts. <laughs> so yes, I get it. Well, I feel like at this point in time when this movie came out, Holly Shore was so deep into my my culture yeah. that uh, I just naturally was like, oh, I love him. And then some random dude is with him in this movie. I remember thinking that, oh, it's a random. I didn't know he yeah. was Baldwin. And because at that point, <laughs> yeah. you know, I had seen Son-in-Law. I had seen um, Encino Man, which Holly Shore is in for a hot minute. Uh, he's one of the voices in the Goofy movie. Yep. So, like, to me as a kid, Polly Shore was this huge star. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, Biodome, like, gotta watch that one. Um, I don't remember, like I said, I don't remember a lot of when I watched it. But I do remember um, thinking it was funny. But again, I was probably 10 Right. <laughs> I'm thinking this was funny. So do you have the um the basic the basic oh, rundown? Yes. Yeah. So Polly Shore plays Bud and his best friend, who for a little while in the movie you might be confused as his brother, but we fettered it out eventually. Yeah, yeah I did Google that. <laughs> uh Bud and Doyle are roommates and best friends from childhood. And they are slacker stoners who somehow happen to have incredibly hot, environmentally conscious girlfriends. The girlfriends try to get them to go on events with them to save the planet. They say no. They always find a reason not to. And instead of going with them, they stay home. They party. They drink. They Well, they didn't drink that much, but they smoked a lot in this movie. So the girlfriends set up a ruse to make them feel like we're going to leave you for other men. 
and uh, send them on a wild goose chase trying to find them. During that time, Doyle really has to pee. And as a pee-shy person myself, I understand. He couldn't just go anywhere. So they drove by the Biodome, a $100 million, I think he said, <laughs> uh, project to study whether homeostasis can be maintained in a controlled environment so that we can move to Mars. Um, they stumble across this, they somehow break their way in, and then are locked into the biodome because they think it's a mall where they can pee. So they're locked in the bio biodome for a year, hijinks ensues, they ruin it, then they save it. Sound like a good one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so basically, two idiots, it's like... A lot of hijinks between two idiots and five PhDs. Yep. <laughs> uh, one of them played by Kylie Minogue, which, which I was, was like, random. when I saw her, I was like, that's that. Uh, she looks familiar. She sounds familiar. And then I was mm -hmm. like, holy shit, it's fucking Kylie Minogue. Queen. Yeah. So that yeah. was a random. Uh... Only stopper of the Kardashians, Kylie Minogue. You know what I'm talking about? So Kylie tried to Kylie Jenner tried to trademark her name and Kylie Minogue came after her and was like, oh, there's more than one of us in town, sis. You cannot. <laughs> I have a brand Kylie called Kylie. <laughs> so that's why she can't be. Oh, she couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. The only person powerful enough to stop the fucking Kardashians. <laughs> so also breast um, cancer survivor. Hmm. Also breast cancer survivor and make oh. it the bops. Yeah. So let's start there. One thing that I appreciated about this film, because I just, let's get this out of the way. The score has a one out of 100 on Metacritic. It it was a box office success in that it um, grossed more than they spent on the film, but it, it's apparently widely panned as being one of the worst films ever made. Oh, so, um, I mean, Polly Shore wasn't even trying in this movie. Like he laughs through the, like, he's just like, why the fuck am I? Here? It's, it's ridiculous improv. Like as an adult watching this, I'm like, that's a lot of ridiculous improv. But one thing I appreciated about the film was of the five PhDs, Three of them were women and one right. was a woman of color. Right. So um, that was pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. I mean, given there was a setup for the most part to be like horny and have them horny for two of them. But that's pretty good. Like representation matters. <laughs> but yeah, it was and and like big kind of you know people have done like a lot of movies so apparently for this movie alec baldwin told stephen baldwin not to do it because it was going to end his career and i'm like i think his personality will end his career but um but the there was one they have like i'm sorry i lost the page for it but the three so kylie minogue who was like this is the worst thing i've ever done for my career denise douse who plays the the black woman scientist uh -huh. she's been in so many things she has like a insane amount of she was in pleasantville she was in ray you know she has 120 hits on imdb so she's been around for a long time so it was funny because and then you know the big bad the guy who ends up being the bad guy william atherton he was also in like everything in the 80s too so it was like a weird 80s and 90s so it was like a weird cast like joey adams from uh Empire Records, right? She's in that one? No. No, 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 no. She's in the Kevin Smith universe, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's in the... She's Amy. Chasing Amy. Mm -hmm. Chasing Amy, yeah. So, Mom. like, she was she was in it. So, it was just a... It was, like, a really... <laughs> like, it was, like... Okay, let's get a bunch of names that everyone knows. And just kind of be dumb. And that's the end of the thing. It was just such a weird... I thought the cast choices all these things it's just such a fucking weird setup yeah i mean the whole movie it i mean the premise is interesting right because mm -hmm. on its face it uh it does the film has some themes of in 
like environmentalism and that it's important to, uh, you know, be aware of your consumption and the damage you're doing. Like, Mm -hmm. I would say that's an actual message of the film. If you want for sure, like that's the lesson learned. Like they go to a lake and the lake's all trashed out and they're like, oh, this lake used to exist and have fish in it when we were younger. So it does have for all how goofy and disgusting a lot of it is, it does have some interesting themes um then these guys who are like environmentalists but only to like get girlfriends they're portrayed as being like jerk offs and stuff mm-hmm. so i don't necessarily feel like they were making fun of the girlfriends like i don't no. think it was a joke that monique and jen were so into the environment yeah um and i think that they you know like the girls you you think that they're just kind of doing all this stuff but they're real quick to call people out they they're not dumb they're like hot environmental girls but they're not stupid like when guys are trying to con them in just to get them in bed because they're hot they like picked up on that and they were like get the fuck off me right (laughs) you know so that was the only stupid thing those two girls did was uh they and dowdy so let's let me ask you this because you posted about this on instagram are locks ever okay on a white person so first i would think that these once i started watching it i'm like are these like full out locks or is this kid just twisted hair Mm -hmm. and they show him with it as a kid too which i thought was kind of interesting but my take on it is that uh the reason that locks and we don't use like this is your learning time we don't use dreadlocks because they were called dreadlocks as an identifier of black people being scary right so we pull that word Mm -hmm. dread out Mm -hmm. but the natural hair of a black person or a person with textured or curly hair Mm -hmm. forms into those yep naturally and that i think is fine so if you're a very 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 curly haired white person with textured curly hair and it kind of forms naturally into that and then you just neaten it up i think that's that's more reasonable the problem is like i went to college with a girl who was trying to have and she called them dreads trying to have locks she literally just stopped washing her hair and like would like nod it yeah and i'm like that's not what they that's not what's done like yeah and and that kind of perpetuates this terrible stereotype that locks are dirty Mm -hmm. and unkempt when that's not the case if your hair naturally does that right right Right. um one thing i kept thinking about when i was seeing that well number one at some point they do a flashback and he had liberty spikes instead so yeah at one point he did (laughs) so it's kind of clear to me that he does it as like a fashion thing and maybe white guys in locks was i mean i've seen it be a fashion trend so i I imagine right i always kind of hopefully with less free less frequently but i always kind of joke that my level of hipster is like the line before like when when i go to restaurants and stuff like that i have friends who's like oh i know this is a just kind of place because it's hipstery and i'm like but there's a caveat in my hipster is that Mm -hmm. as soon as it crosses over to the white people having locks i'm out Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's my past my level (laughs) and like louisville kentucky that's all over the place and then yeah you see him you see him fort myers i yeah there (laughs) nope i'm not gonna say that on air (laughs) 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 but um there was um a guy at my church camp. Yes, I went to church camp. Oh, and, okay. What kind of church camp? Um, I guess I never mentioned. We sh- I should have talked about that in Camp Nowhere. But last, uh, when I was like thirteen and also fifteen, I think there was two times I went to church camp. Um, I don't know, like evangelical kind oh, of church camp. Um, onion of Diane is peeling out right now. <laughs> yeah i i had a phase um (laughs) i had a christian phase and um i remember being 15 and like there was this guy who was a hipster who had he was a white guy 
who had locks at this church camp. And it was funny because the church camp was, um, it was just on a college campus. Mm -hmm. So essentially you were just like walking around college campus. And I remember like, this is embarrassing, but I'll admit it for the sake of this. I was like, your hair is so cool. Like, how would you do that? This man, this boy, he was a boy. I had gone to a salon and had it specially done for him. Yeah. And I, at the time, was like, whoa, he must be rich. I mean, more money <laughs> than I spend as a teenager on my hair. Imagine. Or now. <laughs> just imagine. Imagine. I don't know. I don't. So was it done with, like, little, thing. like, elastics through it then? Or, like, you know, like, if you were to go get your hair braided, was it like that then? Um, Because I'm sure that the salon doesn't so. do the, the dirty hippie vibes of just letting it grow. Like, yeah. they, you no, know. it was very like well done, but yeah. um, the the <laughs> the ethicality of that is a, a little little murky, I would say. Yeah. Um, so, so I do think it's culturally appropriative and it looks stupid on white people. That's my yeah. That's my belief. But <laughs> aside from that, in terms of fashions, I really loved a lot of the outfits in this film. Like I love the oh I'm going I'm going bowling kind of outfits that okay. Bud and Doyle would wear you know you like Bud's fire engine red hair uh yeah I had I that did. color I had that color I gotta admit Polly Shore's a little hot in this I fucking I had hair. to you know in spite of myself I fucking loved him the whole movie like yeah I, he's so cute I, in I was this. like I hate everything about what you're doing but it was just so funny he's a funny dude like and he mm. would just like kind of like keep the laugh going a little too long and he just had this endearing quality and then you know i like a yogi <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask you about that because his character does yoga right yeah yeah <laughs> apparently and like some of the things when he was teaching them yoga when we had all learned our lessons in the biodome and we were fixing it like that was a really hard move that he did and i yeah. was like oh i don't maybe probably sure really does do yoga like Maybe. it's not just a joke but yeah you know what's funny my first note uh of this movie is are they brothers who make out <laughs> yeah that was a little confused like when they mentioned we're all a little bio and then like so they go biodome does that mean it goes both ways like us la, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like aren't they because the friend the opening scene of their friendship of, mm -hmm. at the lake shows yeah. the mom drowning just Polly one Shore's mom character. though yeah yeah and and the other the kid sitting in oh i'm just teaching him how to hold his breath try three right. minutes now and and i just assumed that like doyle was the brother she liked but and, when they did that i had to go google it and i was yeah. like oh okay oh, i waited i waited to fetter it out so what do you think do you find the references to bisexuality and homosexuality like do you think it was done well in this film you know i think it was so normalized that then that's the way to do it because they didn't say it was gross they didn't say it was no gross. they just said like us and like but i mean was that part of a joke like was that meant for the audience to be like ha ha that's funny because well, they're gay it was, oh man i wish i could think of the scene there was another scene where they talked Mentally. about someone else being gay and they were oh, someone it wasn't being. it wasn't rude towards them because they said Stay with the group and remember here at Biodome, we are dependent on balancing homos within the system. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think I don't think that they thought it was bad. I just thought they were like, yep, we're a little gay and kind of move on. <laughs> yeah. But I also took it at face value because they were a little gay with each other. So, you know, mm -hmm. so, so I today I listened to a really good podcast. Oh. NPR had a they have like that whatever first Sunday Sunday first thing or whatever it's called and it was about the importance of like centering your life around your friendship relationships and and that mm -hmm. made me kind of like pause like oh they really were like true best friends and that's cute mm -hmm. yeah they were um lifelong apparently so a very uh intimate i would say they they were affectionate with each other and um like beyond the pretending to be gay kind of stuff right they helped mm. each other out 
had a lot of fun with each other. Um, what I wanted to ask you, what do you, what is your opinion of, um, I don't know if this is offensive to call him this, but in today's society, the term himbo is used to describe a dude who's essentially like kind of a little more ditzy, but like good hearted. Oh, like bimbo. Himbo. But himbo. Yeah. I would say these like back to Taylor Swift. People are saying that her boyfriend's a himbo because of the kinds of posts he would used to make on Twitter. Okay. Um, like because he would just make silly kind of posts. And so and he doesn't know how to spell. So <laughs> You mean someone who gets hit in the head for a living (laughs) doesn't know how to spell? It's so fucking surprising. So surprising. So what's your, um, even though you just learned this. Yeah, I did just learn this. Have you encountered Buds and Doyles in your life? Uh, Yeah, for sure. I think like the kind of, and we love them in other spaces, right? Because- Include this, that's our favorite character. Yeah. Right? It, it, yeah, exactly. So Tra- I like the Travises so, of the world. Yeah. So I like love a like little stoner kid who's just yeah. happy. I would have loved having them in class. Yeah. <laughs> I would have too. Well, like, I don't know if loved, but they I have mean, a lot of energy. So there's a couple things with them, right? Is that while I think that they're I think that the the kind of like way that they joke around things that might turn on the LGBTQ space was not offensive i do think that they're like you know sexual assaulters and 100 tribal dance thing (laughs) every time they celebrate they go tribal and they do a fake tribal dance (laughs) oh i would stop that (laughs) what are you doing buddy (laughs) like come on am i crazy was there a part where suddenly like a dwarf that was dressed up as like a soldier was dancing with them (laughs) I swear to God, I gotta go find There's a part where they're playing. What you in like the parties? You're laughing so hard, you gotta wipe tears. That's so sad. I had to take off my glasses. I swear to God, during the part where the safety dance is playing, I swear to God. No, because they're only them in the biodome. And that one was so weird about it. I swear to God, I gotta go look it up. You can look it up while we talk. God, because I swear to God, I saw. um oh gosh you've just implicated yourself to students about extracurricular activities. no i was not on drugs i swear to god i was stone cold i was actually very i had it didn't smoke weed oh my god i swear to god that happened i swear to okay. god it was like it was just like this weird thing oh my god the safety dance scene was great in that movie like like basically they brought in an expert to like get so so in the movie they're in the biodome they fucked a bunch of stuff up they get exiled and then they found a way out of the biodome and instead of just leaving they have a party in the biodome and totally fuck it up and then they lock themselves back in because they feel so bad they want to fix it so they bring in a terrorist negotiator <laughs> and they can't get many things to work. So what they end up doing is this has worked in all of the most serious situations and played the safety <laughs> <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> and of course, Bud and Doyle fucking love that song because who doesn't? I would fucking love that song. <laughs> so if you were in that situation, like what kind of song would you play that you think would get people to react uh cotton eye joe oh yeah that would make me jump out of a window did you have one in mind (laughs) i didn't i don't know why i suggested it (laughs) um you know i don't know why that song came so fast to me but apparently i have issues with it i was one time i was talking to someone who's also a pop culture professor and um that 
can there's a candy called Mamba. I think I just told you the story, but there's a candy called Mamba. And I said, oh, this reminds me of that song. We built the city on rock and roll by um, Jefferson Starship. And he goes, did you know that was voted the worst song of the 20th yeah, century? <laughs> so maybe that one, although I'd be into it. Um, Do you know what is my, you know, who's my least favorite singer in the world? I, you might know this about me because I'm pretty open about it, but I don't no. think you would expect if you don't know this fact. <laughs> every time Stevie Nicks comes on, I get like, I literally <laughs> hate it, which doesn't make sense because I'm a little witchy oh, and like dang. all the things about her, I should like her. But she I've is. been in yoga classes that someone put on a Stevie Nicks song and I'm out of the fucking class. Like I, wow. I don't physically leave, but I have removed myself from my body because I fucking hate it. I got the song. That song, Honey, I'm Good by uh, Andy Grammer. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's similar to Con I Joe and it's um, pacing. I'm not going to make you listen to it. It's really okay. bad. And I hate that song. I so probably that one. Okay. All right. Um, what else? Did you have other things? other things you want to discuss about the film i think i kind of covered i wanted to talk about himbos so himbos i would say i was just talking to a friend the other day about how himbos they're just and they're ken they're right delightful. huh the ken the ken doll from ken from barbie was a himbo right yeah and like for the most part like those are the types of people who they know they're not smart and they don't they don't pretend to be smart and they're yeah. just like yeah I don't know. You know, I think the thing that screws up these two characters for me is all the endearingness gets wept, swept away when they crawl into a woman's bed and grab her boobs oh. while she's sleeping. You right. know what I mean? Like, so, so it's like a very, this, this movie makes me battle the way that I think about like these two characters. What Doyle annoyed me. Like I, he was too much. He went too far. It was almost like, it almost like, reached on like making fun of special needs a little bit like it was like so stupid sometimes that i was like this is that's not funny that's cringy but it could also just be because stephen baldwin is gross um and that's why we do a disclaimer um <laughs> but any kind of like i get a little confused when i watch movies like this and i guess that this is like the hard part about in any kind of conversation when we talk about people we mm -hmm. expect people to be like wholly good or wholly bad. And then we like put them on an ethical spectrum of like, okay, these things outweigh. So like with the Taylor Swift thing, the fact that she like pays her employees for like, she's like probably one of the best employers in America. Does that outweigh the fact that like she does make decisions that like don't care about the environment. And like there mm -hmm. are spaces that she talks where there's some white feminism that comes out. So like what, you know, how do we kind of, grapple with that in these characters like i deeply loved 90 percent of Polly shore but the parts that i didn't love i deeply are, are just it. like the most uh, most abhorrent thing yeah and so it like fucks up my ability to be like oh yeah i overall like that character because that one thing is so bad and i just like i wrote okay first sexual assault in 22 minutes into the movie yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and right. the weird thing is is that with that I also like consistency, right? And like he crawls into a woman's bed. Well, Doyle crawls into a woman's bed and grabs her boob. Mm -hmm. And then when she at the very, very end says, okay, we can do it now. They're like, we have girlfriends. <laughs> well, yeah. You didn't care before, you know, but um, right. so that part is that part is uh, it's hard for me to grapple with. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, uh, I I would say uh, I would say beyond that, the things that cr made me cringe, like they do have that redemption arc, mm -hmm. but they were like very incredibly disrespectful yeah. of the research. And as a person who does research, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't do it in laboratories, but like some of the jokes hinged on just basically them fucking up. Like, you know, they fucked up this entomologist lab. And like, yeah. I just I, like that kind of stuff's cringy watching them step all over 
um, flowers that were planted or watching them eat all the food because they're being selfish. Like that stuff made me really uncomfortable and made me dislike them because they just had a lack of self-awareness or, well, they had a lack of consideration for others. And, you know, they have the redemption arc with all that, but it's still- Well, and I will also say though, and this is something we've talked about before, is they were supposed to be college kids. Yeah. You know, call it like, y'all, if our students are listening, this is not disrespectful to you or former students or whatever, but you're not full adults yet. Yeah. You know, so I think part of the problem still adolescents. That, that they look, you know, in real life. Holly Shore was 27, 28 ish. Yeah, so he Even actually had his frontal 29 like, to 30, full, you know, yeah. and so maybe it was just because of the way they look. But then I think about like the dumb shit that you and I could get away with when we were in college that weren't wasn't publicized to the world. But the mm-hmm. dumb shit we see students do now when they just are so selfish because they don't know how to be any better then it kind of like that's the other pendulum swing right Right. like like, do we give some allowance for people to be fucking idiots when they're 20 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think most of the time we do i think i don't know my my favorite oh say what you're gonna say Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, there's a reason why that humor resonated with a 10 year old me. Right. (laughs) So I think that humor. Yeah. And so I think like elder, like older millennials, um, they resonated with this kind of humor um, related to sexual assault. I'm not saying this excuses it, but there was that was definitely I would say the era of assaulting women for a, a funny gag mm-hmm. was pr- a pretty prevalent thing in films, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, one of the funniest things, <laughs> the funny little tags about this movie was that the community college that the girls went to was called, their tagline was nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> <laughs> So there were like little moments of like smart humor throughout it. But this was based on, you know, a real event. Did you know that? No. So in 91, um, there was a thing called Biosphere 2. And it was like an American. So according to the Wikipedia, it's an American, you know, I don't like Wikipedia, but you do. So that's, <laughs> that's a an American system science research facility in Oracle, Arizona, and its mission was to serve as a center for research, outreach, teaching, and lifelong learning. I think they had nine people, eight or nine scientists that went in. And so there was like, it is based on like this idea of like a real thing that kind of happened. So I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting because basically what I'm getting from this is that scientists i mean it's the year 2024 now so for at least 33 years scientists have been aware that we're probably fucked on this planet and we need to figure out how to develop life and um ecosystems on other planets yeah but then i think about like yo is Polly sure like low-key like a a big environmental help because encino man has very similar threads right like this idea of like a caveman that gets unfrozen because Mm -hmm. of climate change (laughs) so in the 90s we were talking about climate change a lot and here we are 30 years later nothing's really been done so dramatically as to stop the crisis it's interesting you know yeah and well and it's interesting to think about um how uh i don't really sense that we have i mean can you think of any films that touch on global climate change that um like our comedies now like i feel like it's all so serious well wasn't that um wasn't that one with like jennifer lawrence and leonardo dicaprio last year wasn't that oh don't look up you're right you're right i only made it halfway through the movie but it but that but that was still like um 
but mostly it's it's disaster movies. It, it's still like making fun of people's inability to pay attention to this stuff, right? So I was watching this and I was thinking, hmm, did some of this like make like I'm not a super environmentalist or anything, but I was like, did any of that make it through to me? And I don't really think so. But I think at the time, environmentalism was kind of emerged. I mean, it probably emerged before this, um, but it, it feels like like environmental activism started to really take shape around that time. Yeah. Well, and I think that it comes through in different movements, right? I think that that was part of the, you know, the hippie movements in the 70s with, you know, against war, pro-Earth kind of vibes. Um, so I think it pops up in this idea that anytime that the conversation is about, like, us having to defend our space, whatever that looks like, should include, like, that, you know, we can breathe the air, and that should be part of it. But the tough thing is, is that, <clears throat> when we think about the like this is one of those spaces you know and and not to get super political about it well whatever um when people talk about like should states have more rights than the federal government in in terms of like the american system states rights often include environmental regulations so that's all done by states but states borders are a made-up fucking arbitrary line right mm -hmm. so in kentucky in louisville kentucky um, they have, I mean, they have a whole section called rubber town and that, so like, obviously they have like big environmental kind of area. There is a super fud site there. It's like the whole thing is kind of a mess. So they've done a lot of regulations in Kentucky to kind of pull back between all the shit they did in the coal, coal mining industry and everything else. But it doesn't matter that they have air quality regulations because in Indiana, they don't have the same rules. Mm -hmm. And there's only a river between them. Like air goes over rivers. This is fucking stupid. So in this like idea of if we take wash away all the like Donald Trump fanaticism and all the like kind of psychotic pieces of our of our current political affairs where we have these really extreme views on the big ticket emotional items, things like abortion, things like gun control, all these things. In that argument what most of it centralizes around is should a big government rule or should states be able to do whatever the fuck they want? Or if you are a current Donald Trump Republican, should corporations rule the world, right? Like those are the kind of the three options. <clears throat> when we think about the need for some centralization, the, the environment should be part of that because it doesn't matter if Kentucky fixes their air problems, which I haven't. It's still a mess. But if Kentucky fixes their air problems, but Indiana won't, then it's fucking a pointless conversation. And so when the environment comes into these big hot topic areas, but we keep it as a state's right issue, we're going to continue to be very fucked. And I don't know why I got on that particular rant, but I just wanted to say it. <laughs> well, I mean, I think... So you can talk about states, but globally, right? Right. We, you know, I know that you in particular make a lot of efforts to reduce your footprint, but ultimately, you know, a lot of us buy goods that are produced in areas that have really um, terrible air um, mm -hmm. and they're produced under terrible conditions. Yeah. Um, it's not just fast fashion that's making a bad environmental impact. It also is going into just all fashion and the fashion industries, the water used and so much is being produced that there's literal deserts filled with just clothing. Mm -hmm. So um, it's definitely like a bigger issue than and I think at the time in Biodome and when Biodome came out, it kind of reflects this almost like individualism, like both in terms of individual responsibility, but also like that it's it's one facility, right? That they were designing to see if they can essentially make new col like colonies on Mars and shit. It mm -hmm. wasn't, oh, we're testing this out 
to figure out how we can um, turn this outward, you know, and they kept making the joke, like you got to think globally and locally or something. And they kept saying that. And so um, there is the personal responsibility piece. And I think that was kind of underscored in this film because there was a lot of um, like, Oh, you need to recycle, you need to clean up your shit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's still, it, 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 all of that was still definitely based on a model of consumerism. So it was, if you consume things, make sure to put it back into, um, like into the recycling. So, I mean, it's, (laughs) it was really, it's voted one of the worst films. So it's not like they were trying to make a huge kind of um, message about environmentalism, but I think it is really interesting because then you think about how a lot of these people, so, um, you know, like Polly Schwartz just turned 56. Uh, like a lot of the people in this film are Gen Xers who mm-hmm. are now the people in charge of policies. They're in charge of stuff. And if we focus too much on what they grew up with of the personal responsibility, you have events for the rainforest and stuff, then you're not thinking of policy. You're not thinking globally. Right. When the Trump administration cut off the the trade with China, everyone was like, oh, yeah, China's bad. Blah, blah, blah. We're afraid of communists, blah, blah, blah. But like the the long term impact of that the big impact of that is that china facilitated upwards of 60% of our recycling so we yeah. now put all our shit in recycling bins think we're doing a good job and send it to mm-hmm. the recycling plant near us there is no plant near us we used to fucking ship it overseas right. and now that doesn't exist Yep. And and like so this kind of you're right. I in even in just talking about the way America handles things is is misled because in order for like the environment to heal, it has to heal wholly mm-hmm. and everything impacts each other. Right. And and I think, you know, you know, you're right. And and one of the things that is so funny is how much time we really do spend saying, how can we get to Mars? Right. right. That's what we see with Elon Musk. That what we see with the Virgin guy, like how we get to outer space and colonize that. Because and there's another film about that. that, right? right. So, like, you just have that colonizer mindset, man. Like the, yeah. the, 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 how much we have been fucking just drilled into our brains to go out and colonize. Yeah. And that leads to anti racism conversations when you start decolonizing, like all those different pieces. Uh, but it's still to go out instead of fix in. Bet the listeners didn't think we'd get so fucking deep about a Polly Shore film. Especially when we started with the Super Bowl. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. So on that note, move to our favorite, least favorite, cringiest. Yeah. You want me to go first? You go first. So my cringiest was fucking Russ. We haven't talked about him. Listen, that was going to be my cringiest too. <laughs> what a fucking piece of shit. Monique's dad, mom's Def- boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Keeps talking about how bad Monique wants to, wants fuck, to him. fuck him. And Gross. he and he sits and depends and gets drunk all day. Yeah. Ugh. So gross. So fuck that guy. My least favorite were like the um the fluidity in which women's bodies were considered to be commodities mm-hmm. and then my favorite we already talked about the two of them <laughs> i fucking love the safety dance scene i loved it, it made me laugh <laughs> i have been googling this entire time <laughs> to see what you're talking I'll, about i'll fucking find it and i'll show i'll we'll I'll... have to put it on the instagram and um Maybe I was just having an acid flashback. I did acid 17 years ago. It might be time for the flashback. That shit. Listen, people. (laughs) Acid literally causes holes in your brain. That's a real thing. So I did it. One of Diane's holes. I did it fucking once. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Excuse me, teens. (laughs) Teens that listen to this. 
middle-aged woman. There are none. According to our analytics, there are no teens. I know. Oh, actually, analytics, y'all are Polly Shore fans because you're all his age and white men, right? Like, <laughs> what our analytics show who listens to us? Yeah, that's why Remember, we did it. You know, we don't have many fans. I bet half of them are here to, like, record us for, like, anti-liberal. <laughs> We're going to end up on a Donald a Trump commercial list. someday. <laughs> these are the bitches we want to keep out anyway uh so the safety dance and then also i really really loved like when Polly show would make a joke and just keep laughing because he was probably (laughs) actually high through the whole movie and i just like it just i just he's so cute when he does he i just think he was adorable in this film adorable and I, i know i'm really probably shouldn't think that but he he is very cute in this film all right my favorite um was bud and doyle do a proposal to for why they should grow weed oh in the yeah that was dome. That was and good. they wanted to uh <laughs> they wanted to plant people. something called purple sticky punch <laughs> and i just have to say as weed is legal in portland weed is legal in florida well yeah, it's medicinally i have i have a card i am a legal marijuana user and purple is one of my favorite strains and so is punch <laughs> so i was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i will say though Those, that's that a real line, strain i'm guessing i bet so many people learned because they were very that proposal was great i fucking forgot about that but like hemp really does yeah. produce the most sustainable paper and that's and so they're little like they gave like a really funny presentation about how it's great for paper. It's great for rope. It's sustainable. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. all very true. It is so true. It, it was educational in a the way. Weird, the weird hate of marijuana is it's so fucking insane. Marijuana gets more undue hate than Taylor Swift. That's my goal. Yeah. Because the people who hate it stop sustainable paper production because they don't they think some like no one's gonna fucking crumple up the paper and put it in their mouth and eat fiber it. production it would, in general yeah it would be so so helpful to have hemp products instead of other stuff anyway keep going sorry that Another was hilarious rinse. least favorite was the assault of them sneaking into the rooms and bud grabs um Kylie Minogue's character. What's her name in this? Uh, he calls her Petri um, Dish because her name is Petra. Petra. I thought that was kind of cute. Too. Von Kant, which I appreciate the yeah. Von Kant. Yeah. Um, so Petra, he grabs her butt and Doyle grabs Mimi's breasts. And related to that, because we talked about that, but related to that, I really dislike that they were then into them later on after being assaulted by them. Yeah. I would have done whatever I could to get those men out of there after they assaulted two two of the five staff members who were working on this. Yeah. Um, and cringy is same. Monique's relationship with Russell. So gross. I like Monique, though. She was like the low-key hero of the movie, though. I love Joey Lauren Adams in general. Yeah. Um, I think she's, she's great. Yeah. Cool. She's, new, she's a <laughs> fan bait, fan person. We're gonna start stalking her someday. <laughs> so Not does it time. does it pass the smell test? No, no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. One no. of the reviews I saw for this movie was a guy who was this like this age, like a Gen Xer, and he's like, everyone who doesn't like this movie was born after it was made. They don't understand that this was comedy gold. <laughs> It really, but it was at the time. Was, but yeah, yeah. you shouldn't rewatch it as a fifty-six-year-old man and still go, "Yeah, this slaps." Yeah, you you shouldn't if you if if you are, because that's our to- our target our audience apparently. Right. Um, if you're rewatching this and you're like, "This is hilarious," you you might want to explore some some dimensions of your maturity, um, <laughs> and your sensitivity. And your consideration of others, maybe I don't know. What do I know? Um, but yeah, lady. it definitely doesn't. And I saw that Stephen Baldwin apparently wants to see a, a sequel made. Apparently, Polly Shore has the funding for it, and he's been shopping it around, but um, they haven't found a funder or they haven't found a studio who wants to make it. 
as recently as January 2017, Stephen Baldwin was talking about how they want to make a sequel. And apparently they want to do it based on their kids instead. Oh, God. Kind of like how didn't Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure do something like that? Where it oh, ended I don't up. No, I didn't watch that most recent one. That I didn't watch best. it, but I think that's the premise. So yeah. if they do remake it, I would be interested to see how they fixed some glaring issues with this one. We should do a Bill and Ted's verse this. Because like Bill and Ted are also like stoner dudes, but with yeah. like that. Yeah, that would be fun to talk. About. I've never seen it. Oh, I, I, it wasn't important to me, but I think we can still do it. Okay. Sounds okay. good. Thanks. All right, for- y'all. Well, you can find us on Instagram at the smell test podcast. You can email us on Gmail at the smell test podcast at gmail.com. We are on the smell test pod on X. Thank you for coming. And uh, please start to like and review our podcast. Maybe unless you're here to talk about how we're terrible. Liberals. Don't do that. <laughs> then don't rate us. Don't rate us. Then just don't talk to us. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.